0: All right, all right, all right. Good evening, and welcome to episode number four of the Cornerstones podcast. That was my Matthew McConaughey intro, in case people didn't pick up on that, because tonight we have a very special Hook 'em Horns Country Boy and Country Girl edition of the Cornerstones podcast. My guests are a very special couple, the Benjamin Barry and Andy Anderson of Austin. I'd like to welcome Miss Margaret DeLong and Mr. James Wright. So how y'all doing this evening?
1: <laughs> <laughs> what an intro.
0: Thanks. Of for course. So glad Welcome. you guys could, could make it tonight. I know you gave up an important sure. night on Rainy Street to be here, so I appreciate the sacrifice.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, this is actually the first show <laughs> I'm doing in a different time zone, where the guests are in a different time zone. So. And you're the first engaged couple on this yeah. show. There we go. Flash that rock, Marge. Um, <laughs> first two couples were married. Third couple uh, are dating, seriously dating. So you two are the first engaged couple. So very right. excited to have you on. Um, so James is one of my best friends in the world, a dear brother to me. Uh, we've known each other for a long time. We lived together in the city for four years, four magical years at LeCotte University. <laughs> um, and Marge, I'm not even going to say she wasn't unofficial. She was an official roommate at Lacott. <laughs> She <laughs> <laughs> was always so nice when she let me eat the leftovers that James would cook for her.
1: <laughs> I could have used you tonight. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, I really wish I was there, actually. You're going to get a steak dinner. Um, but Marge has become a dear friend and sister to me as well, so i um, very happy to be speaking to you, too. But before I, I pass it over, I'm just going to give the audience a quick synopsis of Cornerstone. So Cornerstone is simply a platform that allows couples to share their love stories in order to inspire and impact others. So I've always been curious about how people meet, what attracted them, what kept them going, what sustained them, et cetera. So I thought, why not go a little bigger and kind of make it official and compile all these stories of people that I'm close with and put them in one spot. And hopefully they'll help others as much as it helps me. Well, I'm still single in 32, so maybe it hasn't helped, but (laughs) we're getting there. We're getting there. It's all about (laughs) to come together. Exactly, exactly. Throwing it out there. So to give the people just, yeah, quick overview, start in March, we're three episodes in, this is episode number four, and it's sure to be as meaningful and as great as the other ones. So we'll kick things off with the lady, of course. So Margaret, do you want to just give a brief intro as to who you are, where you're from, what you do for work, et cetera?
1: Absolutely. Um, So I'm Margaret, also known as Marge, also known as Tata. You leave it, I get the nickname. (laughs) Um, I am from the suburbs of Philadelphia, grew up there, went to DC for school, um, and then moved straight to New York. It's been about just under nine years there, I guess. I can't do fast math. We'll say around nine years.
0: Yeah, I think it was about nine. Yeah. I think it was.
1: Um, and then moved to Austin almost exactly two years ago now. And I'm working for a real estate tech company back in New York. Um, Remotely here in Austin. So we're coming to you live from my
0: home office. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. You two went through the pandemic in Austin. We did. Which I'm sure you can get into later on. But, and Jimbo, do you want to give uh, a quick little intro?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm James Wright. I, I grew up in Sleepy Hollow, New York, right about five minutes down the road from Parker Billings. I had the pleasure of meeting him when, probably when I was like, what, six or seven? Yeah. During the Bertan days. Oh, man for tan, hanging out at the pool. I would challenge Parker to ping-pong matches, and I would, I think I beat him, like, 25 times straight, but he would never, <laughs> never want to not talk smack after each match. So. Oh, it, well, James had a
0: completely hairy chest by the time yeah. of eight years old, so. <laughs> he had a manly advantage over
2: me. <laughs> well, grew up in Sleepy Hollow, New York, ended up going to Georgetown undergrad, which is where I met Marge, which I'm sure we'll come around to. Um, ended up getting a job out of Georgetown, New York City, working for Goldman Sachs on the trading floor, spent eight years with them, which was amazing. And then kind of had reached a point where I wanted to make a bit of a change. And so applied to business school, ended up getting into McCombs, the University of Texas. Hookham. And so that's what brought us to Austin initially. Um, And so we've been here for the last two years. I just graduated from business school a couple, like really like a month or so ago, six weeks or so. Um, and went right into working for um, a startup. So I'm at a virtual reality company right now, which was totally out of my wheelhouse, but working with one of my best friends down here where the two of us are both co-directors of finance and ops. And so taking some of the things I learned from along the way at Goldman and business school and applying to the startup world, which has been really cool. Yeah.
1: He's had two years to practice every week at all his classes (laughs) doing the run-through of his
2: background. Yeah, seriously.
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, James works with Andrew, who's a great guy who I've met many times in Austin. Great fellow from South Africa. And uh, James is actually, he's, he's not a fish out of water with his, his job because this is, for people that know James, I think they'd say this is like the perfect, the perfect alignment for what he wants to do. And he's thriving in his new environment. And uh, yeah, definitely very happy for you both the life you created down there. Uh, but let's take it back. We're getting too far ahead of ourselves. Austin can wait. So how did you guys actually meet at Georgetown? What was it? What was the story there?
1: Well, funny story. We don't know. <laughs> we,
0: we've we've tried before
1: to nail down when it could have been, but we
0: don't, Just make it up.
1: <laughs> yeah, we don't have the specific moment. The first pictured moment was freshman year at my sister's 21st birthday party she was two years older than us at Georgetown so we know it was sometime before then uh, but we were in the same broader friend group kind of from the start at school and then over the years became increasingly closer as we all kind of found our paths at school but we met sometime early on
2: it's a bit of a mystery which is kind of funny I guess that was 14 years ago yeah 2007 at G-Town at some point but yeah, our orbits, like we were kind of friends of like kind of on the edges of the same friend circle at the very beginning. Um, so who knows exactly when we were probably at the same place at the same time and then ended up becoming good pals.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you probably met at a pregame at yeah. someone's birthday party.
1: Some sleazy dorm room. Drinking <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: vodka, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Don't miss those days. <laughs> so you guys met in Georgetown and you're initially friends for a little bit. Did you guys... Like, what kind of attracted you to each other, I guess, initially? Like, whether it was romantically or just platonically, did you guys have, did you guys hit it off? Did you have some kind of connection? you want to
1: take this to start or
2: should I? You can take
1: it to Well, he was definitely someone I was attracted to, but I was. Not someone who would have ever pursued that. It was also like I went to an all girls high school. Everyone was attracted to me when I got to college. there were boys. Um, but I also started dating someone relatively early in college. Um so there was a platonic friendship predominantly for the first couple of years. And then I think it was junior year when I was single. We had a couple smooches, but there was a brief period of time when I was single. Before he started seeing someone, where we connected a little bit, but it wasn't at that point. We were pretty much friend zoned. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. It was just bad timing, back and forth. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, and James, yeah. What what was it about Margaret that was that was attractive to you? Like, just as a
2: person, as a friend,
0: romantically. Like, how did you gravitate towards her?
2: Um, I go with Marge said. Like in the very beginning, we were like eighteen years old during those first couple years of college. Like. I was very shy, breaking out of my shell, becoming like a totally different social creature than I had been. And I think I was like, it's one of those periods in your life where like, you're making so many friends, and you're having so much fun. But like, I didn't have any real like romantic situations during the beginning stretch when we first met. And so we had this stretch and then she ended up, she was dating someone by the time that we really got to start like really getting to know each other. And so we kind of had this like natural platonic period in the beginning of the relationship where we got to know each other really well and we just like spent a lot of time together because we liked each other's company and so it's kind of like the foundation of everything.
0: Yeah I was gonna say that I've always heard that friendship is the best way to start a romantic relationship and it's always great to go from friends and then turn it romantically instead of romantically and they're like okay like how can I like actually be friends with this person? No, <laughs> so it sounds like you guys like did it the right way and Which is awesome. So um, were there any big, any big like moments at G-Town where you guys had like either like a basketball game or like a party, like a birthday, like any moments where you like remember specifically of just like being with each other in the same room together that like stood out?
1: I think for me, there were probably a few before, but the first one that stands out was when you weren't in DC for the summer, I was, and you came back to visit everybody who was interning. And I think it was 4th of July weekend yeah. and he was cute. Hadn't seen him in a while. Uh, <laughs> definitely ch- shifted perspectives at that point. Cause I think <laughs> after my, the relationship I had earlier, then I had a period of just being sad. <laughs> I was not someone yeah. out on the prowl. It was more getting dragged out instead of like rallying everybody. Right. To go out. Uh, right. So I was finally in a good place at that point and definitely, Caught my eye. There was Scooch.
0: But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like Margaret was a lion and James was, was the <laughs> <laughs> That's funny though, Fourth of July. So
1: Yeah, here we are.
0: Yeah, right afterwards. <laughs> yeah, definitely it's, fireworks. Fourth of July.
1: We should start celebrating our Kiss anniversary. You've got me nothing.
0: 11
2: years, <laughs> <laughs> Eleven years ago.
0: That's the second situationship is the first phrase <laughs> I learned from Margaret. And now is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got you. Got to start trademarking these.
1: I know, I do. But yeah, that was probably the first. And then I remember that was there was probably another year and a half or so that we were both single, but just in school, going out, but in a much closer friend circle at that point. And I remember late night getting pizza with James, and I was crushing, and he. Told me, I'm gonna ask this girl to be my girlfriend, not me. <laughs>
0: and I was like, oh. oh, oh, that's brutal.
1: That was tough. What was that place called? Oh, that terrible, like Tuscany? Mediterranean. Yes, Tuscany.
2: Tuscany was. Oh, yeah. Tuscany. <laughs> <sighs> No. Philly pizza was the spot. <laughs> day yeah, day. yeah. I was obviously a little bit clueless at this, this period of time. <laughs> yeah. That was a common thing
0: during those years of my
2: yeah.
0: life. <laughs> no, nothing, nothing's changed. <laughs> well, it's kind of cool because you're obviously very comfortable with Margaret. Uh, Margaret could have been like, no, 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 don't ask that girl out. But, you know, Margaret's mature and...
1: And just too nervous. <laughs> I was too like, like that. It was like we we kissed twice, I think, at that point over the course of a year. And I was definitely not that bold. So then it kind of shifted things into strictly friendship gear again for a couple of years.
2: Yeah.
0: So you guys were, so you both moved to New York. Marge, you worked in finance, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I did. We were both in finance, but in different capacities. So mine was definitely a, we ha- had limited social lives, but My work incorporated a very big uh, social. (laughs) Yeah, social, but not with the people I chose to be social with. So I kind of naturally, I would say drifted, but I just didn't have much time to hang with the college crew um, for a few years. But we stayed friends and we ended up living across the street from each other. Mm -hmm.
2: Um, Yeah, I would say, like, during those couple of years, I dated that other person who I talked to Marge about at Tuscan for. For several years, and so during that period, we always remained friends. But like I'd say, for those like probably the first year or two after we graduated from college, it was probably when we like probably talked the least and were like the least close. And then when you moved into Carmine Street, that which was like right across the street from where Sean and I were living at the time before we moved into La Catedral with Parker, mm-hmm. and you were unwinding from being at ICAB and moving over into a new job at a startup that I think like we started to just generally spend more time in the same friend Mm -hmm. circle. But yeah, I mean, during this whole period of time, like she was dating someone for a while, we had this kind of brief overlap. I was dating someone for a little while, but like we always remained friends through the whole thing, which is like amazing because there were very few other people that I did during that whole period of time. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I was going to say that you guys like really seem to value your friendship a lot, care about each other. Um, you know, want to maintain some kind of relationship, even though you weren't like together at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and timing is everything in these things, it right? Is. So I'm obviously better to come together later in life. Um, so you guys, so I remember actually Kelly, Margaret's very good friend, Kelly. I remember she told me actually that I think you guys were moving in and James and Sean came over to help move some furniture. Um, Sean did. We
1: invited them both to help Sean Shod- showed
0: up. Of
1: <laughs> To this day, Kelly's dad loves
0: John. She told me. She told me actually, when you guys got engaged, I remember that.
1: John yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah, probably right.
0: came over in like some kind of tank top, just flexing.
1: <laughs> Very formal, nice. Right?
0: Movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How could
1: I carry furniture up the four flights
0: of stairs? That, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, And where was James? Great
1: question. That's a good question. Though. It's not. I don't remember. What we were friends, but not let me move you up a fourth floor walk up.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Sean was, Sean was big enough to carry the load for James. So.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: So you guys were friends. And then we moved into Lacott when we were like 26, I think.
2: Um, yeah, we moved into Lacott I think, the summer of 2015. I was like retracing because that was right. So during that period of time, you moved into Carmine in what, 2014 or 2015, beginning of the year?
1: Yeah. I think earlier that summer, we only had a couple months overlap or no, there was a winter storm. So yeah, we were probably across the street from each other about six months or more.
2: Yeah. And so I was in that relationship out of like out of college, which by the way, not to spend much time talking about other relationships, but like in that period of my life, when I like asked Margaret to, when we were at Tuscany and I told her I was (laughs) the other other person out, I think like it, it was an amazing relationship. She's an amazing person. It was like, Perfect for that period of, of my life in terms of like where I was, the relationship worked really well. And so it lasted for several, several years and then it ended up kind of deteriorating and we broke up like kind of beginning of that year, probably like six months before we moved into La Ca. So it was like right as Mark was moving into that apartment as well. And so, yeah, we had like a brief overlap, which was during that period. So there was this kind of like six month period where I went through that breakup Ended up moving out of that small apartment on Carmine Street and then moving in with Parker and Sean and I were together both times. But moving up to this new place together, which was bigger, allowed us to, like, have a little more of a social life and have some friends over for Sunday family dinners and stuff like that. Yeah. So it was kind of an interesting, like, six-month period. And that ended up kind of also factoring into we, in that period of time, Marg and I became much closer. We spent a lot of time together, which... So that six months, we spent tons of time together just hanging out platonically. But, like, all I wanted to do is hang out with Margaret and, like, whatever groups of friends. We'd always, like, kind of include each other on stuff. And we became closer and closer. Um, And then Margaret, end of, like, summer, that fall, invited me to be her plus two (laughs) to her sister's wedding. Which I was, like, oh, man, like, this is, like, amazing. Like, we're extremely close. But, like, she's bringing her friend Caroline Shout out C Smith, and then and then I got the plus. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: which is actually funny because you guys originally like your first social gathering was at your sister's birthday.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I didn't even piece that
0: together. It's kind of funny how that <laughs> comes full circle. Good
1: call. Yeah, I Mary really Mary
0: was central to our relationship. <laughs> she really was. <laughs> that's amazing.
2: Anyway, um, okay, you go to the wedding. You go to the wedding, and I I went in like knowing like things reached a point where we were like. We were spending a lot of time together and we clearly like had like had a little something going, even though nothing had happened romantically at that point. And I think I was kind of like forcing like this is a period like I was just in a relationship for a little while, like not I can't allow myself to like jump back into a relationship. And and so ended up going down. We had the best time ever spent. And like her family, I think, is amazing. And we just had like the best Mm -hmm. couple of nights just Dancing with her fam, and I got to spend a bunch of time with her dad, just talking. And it kind of then like clicked for me that night. And so nothing ended up happening, uh, was, like romantically that night. We were also we sharing up, a we, bed
1: with Caroline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Three of us spooning.
2: We <laughs> spent the night, yeah, the three of us in a bed, and I remember holding Margaret's hand. Wow, yeah. right.
1: sneaky.
2: <laughs> before before we kissed, since like whatever. We hadn't kissed either. since 2010. So it had been like wow. about six years. And then that's when, like, I, I kind of, at that point I was like, like, this is so right. And I <clears throat> spent the day on Sunday, got back to New York was like, okay. Like, uh, like I can't believe I didn't like make a move last night or try to do anything. It was like such a perfect, perfect weekend. And so I ended up getting back to my apartment, getting back to La Draw on Sunday night. And I like, 10 p.m. I texted her and I was like, "Hey, are you awake? Like, want to watch a movie <laughs> on Sunday?" <laughs> and Margaret was like, "Yeah, sure." And she's living with Kelly in this tiny little apartment. And I went over to Carmine Street and we sat there and we watched like the, the world's worst movie.
1: It was like a Woody Squirrels. Allen, yeah, it was it, some Woody Allen like terrible one.
0: Oh, uh, I, I thought for sure it was gonna be like a Pixar Disney. Oh,
1: it should have you know. been but it's like we couldn't even distract ourselves by like getting into a movie we just sat there so like on edge next to each other because obviously he knew his intentions coming in i kind of assumed kelly's in the dark putting away laundry pretending she's asleep having a panic, i
0: remember her telling me that too bouncing actually. off
1: walls pretending that she doesn't know what's going on <laughs> so you sat there awkwardly watching the worst movie in history
2: but I was still so nervous. And so we were sitting there and we watched like the whole movie and so now it's like midnight on Sunday. I've got to get up in like six hours. Um, and then finally I leaned over and that was the first, the first smooch, which kind of initiated. There's something more here than just a platonic friendship. Yeah, yeah. A late night Sunday smooch was definitely,
0: yeah. that's, that's a special one.
1: I immediately after he pulled away, just slapped my hands over my eyes because I had no idea how to react i needed to process it first.
0: a second yeah
1: <laughs> had that whole movie yeah to come to terms with like what i thought might be happening right
0: that's <laughs> a lot too especially after like a whole weekend of yeah Your sister's wedding just like dancing oh, yeah freaking, having a good time emotions i have
1: a three minute voicemail from my aunt saying like i don't know what you think's going on there but that boy likes you and i'm like no no wow
0: no way can you play the voicemail right now actually for
1: i 100 percent could
2: but <laughs> yeah when we got engaged she was like i told you i was onto something
1: yeah
2: yeah i remember i remember walking home that night and being like man i was just like it was like 1 am on Sunday night, like after watching this horrible movie and at like a wedding, um, and just yeah, being on cloud nine and being like, Wow, something started here! Oh, of course, that's that's amazing,
0: gives me goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> so, James, is there something just to backtrack a little? Was there anything that changed? Because, Margaret, I I think I presume that you had a little crush for James, probably like a pretty good duration of that time. Yeah, so I remember actually meeting you before you guys were even dating, but James, like, did was it just something where like you need to step away from your other relationships and and finally that kind of cleared the way for you to see Margaret in a new light or kind of like what was there anything that switched or was it like a gradual thing? Was it one moment?
2: Yeah, no, I, I mean, I always like through this whole period of time. And it was at that point from 20, 2007 until 2015, we were like friends throughout. And like, I just, like really enjoyed spending time with Margaret and we would always have like good conversation and have fun together and we had a lot of like shared like interests and Mm -hmm. friends and everything like it was just someone who on a like on a non-romantic level I feel like we were getting like closer and closer over time where like a lot of relationships kind of like like whatever you have your moments and then it kind of can like deteriorate over time Mm -hmm. and so it was kind of like always growing on that front and we like I just found myself having more and more fun with her and uh, in terms of like the romantic like okay like this this is right and it's more than friendship that wedding weekend was really like the moment that like took it over the top for me and so I've never I can't like pinpoint exactly what it was but I don't know it was probably like being with your family and seeing you in like a different environment than I was used to with like our friends in New York City and um I don't know that was kind of like the moment where it really kind
0: of switched. That's interesting. That's really interesting. That's actually really cool because it wasn't like Margaret was trying to really impress you. I mean, she obviously was looking gorgeous that weekend and whatever dress she was wearing. And I'm sure James is tripping over himself, (laughs) but you know, it's funny that, you know, you did, instead of having these like kind of ephemeral mountaintop moments where just like there's sparks of romanticism, it was kind of like one steady progressive foundation that you guys built. It seems like, yeah, again, Margaret, you probably weren't trying to impress him at all or just you're just in your own natural environment with your family, like probably in the most comfortable moment.
2: A
1: 100%.
0: Yeah, that's when James like really got to see you in your truest form.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think for me, like, I remember thinking multiple times, like throughout college and probably a couple years after, like, I wonder if I've already met the person and I just don't know it yet. And like, in retrospect, like James was a through line that entire time and there was no other person who had a relationship with me, even from a friendship perspective, that consistent. So it's funny thinking, because if you had told me like right now, name who you think it might be, like I wouldn't have necessarily said James, but I think somewhere like deep down, it probably was in my mind that like, this is the person who's been there this whole time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. It makes you kind of think about, you know, for people who are listening, like, is there someone in your life now that, could be that person yeah um are they right in front of you under your nose you just don't know it Mm
1: -hmm. it sounds kind of cliche but truly i think it's legitimate like yeah obviously it's not the same for everyone but
0: no of course not but it just what it does it doesn't it doesn't limit you you know it makes you say to yourself hey i'm gonna be open and you know things can change over time so i think
2: that sort of like spark and change is like absolutely essential like to having like that moment and, and like having like romantic level of mm-hmm. love versus just like a friendship level of love but at the same time like the the more <laughs> that relationship progresses over time there's so much to it that's like it's a companion and someone who you're like a partner with on like all levels where having that foundation of like deep like friendship has been a real blessing yeah. for us mm-hmm.
0: yeah That's really cool. And I feel like that's not something that we hear a lot in our culture with millennials and Gen Z and other people, you know, it's (laughs) no, no one, I think, a, you kind of look at friendship almost, it's almost like a weakness. It's like, Oh, you're guys are just friends. Like what's wrong? You like, you haven't made a move or something. Um, or it's like, I don't have time to be friends, you know, like everyone's always on to the next. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It's one or the other. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's really cool to see that foundation and see that overlap. All right, so the Lacott years before we get into Austin. So you're at the wedding, and then.
1: And then there was a bit of a rocky. <laughs> yeah, then it
0: was actually. Yeah, it was. Well, yeah, there were ups and downs, yeah. I remember. Yeah, it was. Um, but obviously more ups because you guys are now happily engaged and living in Austin. So
1: I think going back, how amazing it is that we had this friendship we built everything off of, that was also a big hurdle to overcome. Yeah. Because at the start, it felt so like this is all or nothing. Like I'm going to lose a good friend if we go too deep and it doesn't work, or this is going to be the person I spend the rest of my life with. And that's overwhelming, especially when you're both taking that step of like, okay, we're going to try it. Let's go, but not fully in because we both felt this worry that we were going to fuck everything up. Right. So it went from like exciting, here we are romantically involved. Like this is also fun and wonderful to feeling each other pull back and feeling like we weren't both putting real effort in. And it got to a point where I felt like, Oh, now we're just being friends again, but like not without any of the friendship relationship. Like I just didn't feel like either of us was fully committed. And then we did end up deciding to call it off before it got in too deep before we got in too deep.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tricky when it's someone like we, we, it, there was definitely like a period after that that was like fun and we were going on like kind of these like awkward half dates where it, was, <laughs> it like really was like oh my god like this is like a really high risk high reward situation of like like we could absolutely like blow this like our whole like relationship up and yeah it was definitely like scary at that beginning period of time and that was a huge hurdle for us and I was like at the very beginning I was like say I was like eight months removed from another relationship and I was also like telling myself like okay I went from relationships being like okay I need to like figure out what it like what it exactly is and then went like right into something potentially with like one of my best friends <laughs> yeah that's a big so, yeah I think there was like a combination of like fear for what might happen to our like friendship in addition to like just generally like is it like timing wise it was like oh this is like not the right it wasn't the right timing and we ended up making the decision where it was like okay even though we're having fun let's like pump the brakes because yeah i think from my standpoint like if we kept going forward it was like this is going to be it or we're never going to speak again. <laughs> yeah and
0: that's, scary. that's a lot of pressure too you know it's uh-huh. yeah it's one of the things where like if something happens there's a lot of like social ramifications and then you know, it's like what happens to our friend group. And then it's not like you just randomly met on Hinge or something. And it's like, I'll never see this person again.
1: Right, exactly. So we had one of our friends, Will Greer.
0: Yeah, really, a, G. really G. Wildcat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Um It was right after we had kind of not parted ways, but we had halted the romantic side of things and were determined to still be friends. So I went to an event with a bunch of our college friends and Will was there as well and kind of pulled me aside after in a very well-meaning intention. It was just like, I think he's making a mistake, he being James. And I want to make sure like you help yourself in this situation and basically helped give me advice on navigating, maintaining the friendship without kind of eliminating that possibility for something growing again, because I think we both knew we wanted it, but I was hurt at that point. James was lost to an extent. (laughs) (laughs) We both had different like concerns there and Will gave me a great pep talk that I think put things in a good light for me. And I then was able to say like, I'm going to make sure going forward when I'm spending time with him, I am my genuine friend self and I'm going to mentally compartmentalize the like pining after him because I will get upset. I will end up going home at the end of the night, like kicking myself or bummed out that things haven't right. re-engaged. So I just kind of shoved it into wow. the back of my head, even though it was there and screaming. <laughs> but I just compartmentalized that whole part of my brain and heart so I could kind of survive that next wave of still maintaining the friendship but wanting so much more. Yeah. And it ended up working out.
0: But <laughs> it was a hard yeah that's that's actually that's a really yeah. mature move on your part margaret because a lot of people i like would have been like
1: he was somewhat mature there
0: were some yeah, yeah, yeah. aspects sure, yeah
1: some spiteful no i got other plans leaving the party early when i was just yeah going home.
0: yeah <laughs> yeah right right exactly <laughs> <laughs> no one's someone's waiting for me at home aka right. kelly but i'm not gonna tell you that
1: <laughs> what is it scarcity something
2: What's scarcity value yeah,
1: yeah. just, just i make sure you know he, he knows i'm around but it i'm not available for you unfortunately <laughs>
2: yeah you yeah, know it's like we, we look back at we used to we called it like the upside down you didn't call while. it the
1: upside down like, it was when, i think
2: i remember when that. Yeah. Came out. but it was yeah well like it was just kind of like a weird um it was it was like a weird period of time where like each of us weren't happy and it was like this we're, we're pumping the brakes because like we yeah. need to tread carefully here and like if we like press go it's probably gonna be a it could be a forever thing given how close we are. And so Mm -hmm. when you're 27 in New York, like try to figure out work and life and how do you even cover like rent based on (laughs) something you're bringing in. Like it's an intimidating situation. But I think it was like very important that we had that period Mm -hmm. of time. Yeah. Because we got a lot out.
1: Yeah. I think if we hadn't, we would have, like the way things were when we initially decided to pause or take a break or whatever you call it. I think... I remember walking home one morning. Sorry, mom.
0: (laughs) I remember walking home one day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But walking home, thinking like the night before, this was still pretty early on. And I come over to La and we just watched like some cooking show in bed and then fell asleep. And then I left and I was just like, this isn't how it should be. Like we, yes, have a friendship and that's great but it shouldn't just be we're friends who make out, like there was no added romance or like getting to know you. It just like had that spark at the start. And then was just like, and now we're friends who also kiss. And that just felt
0: like, yeah. Gray area.
1: It felt like I shouldn't be at this stage yet. Like we're missing the relationship building part, even though we had that friendship relationship built, there's so much more that comes with a romantic partnership. And I felt like we didn't, because we didn't have a get to know you stage, we kind of just jumped ahead too many steps and it was just like, and now we're just like hanging out. (laughs) It was like, yeah, I, I love that. And I love that we were able to be comfortable with each other in that way, but we, we missed a part of the relationship that I think taking that time apart and then coming back together when we were truly like, let's do this. This is what we both want. That let us have that period that we skipped the first time around.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's, it sounds like when you guys were friends, you know, it could be a slow, steady progression, right? And then when you get involved romantically, and you're more than friends, then you expect it to be like just a straight up, you know, like right, you know, right, shoot straight up.
1: It's a whole. You gotta like shift perspective. It's not just right, not also, like also romantically involved. It's like there are other parts of us that we need to share and learn and build together. That I think we weren't really aware of that or ready for that mm-hmm. until we came back together
2: yeah and then with like once we made the kind of like whole like separation even though we like loosely remained in touch with his friends like that time in like my mind completely solidified like this is absolutely what i want and so then i came back hard charging for marge and she was like them. She basically <laughs> me and it was like, nah, not now. I'm, I'm having fun. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I, I'm enjoying being a steal. And And then I had to spend the better part of like, whatever, three, four months convincing her to go back out on a date with me. Um, and then Lovely. thankfully I I wore her down over that period. And then <laughs> it was kind of this weird, weird, weird path from like friendship, we had like the romantic spring up period where we were no longer seeing each other. And then, like, when things came back together, then it was, like, almost, like, traditional romantic. Because it was, like, now it's, like, it's a really conscious decision of, like, I'm, like, fully committed to to making this work. And so it was no, no more, like, coming over to watch cooking shows and do <laughs> friends stuff. Yeah. It was, let's go out to Pasquale Jones for a nice candle at dinner. <laughs> or, like, yeah. do like,
1: Or even do, like, just, like, going for a stuff. walk and talking. It was, like, yeah.
0: so much more there's more intention it sounded like yeah yeah more intention. Exactly. More
2: intention.
0: And, and i think all of that
2: kind of like helped read that
0: yeah mm-hmm. so james um during the time where you know things were there was like some gray area and you guys like were hanging out and kissing but not really like progressing and you guys did decide to split how come you needed that kind of three or four months apart to kind of see i guess margaret in her full was it something where like again you alluded to bad timing just like with work moving in with new roommates and new apartment everything was it kind of just like a whole perfect storm of things coming in at once or did you fall into a place where it's like we're almost too close and I don't I can't see her for who she truly is or like what was what was kind of your headspace
2: at um I think it was like I mentioned timing like I was not at a point I, I like in my own head I was like I there's so much I need to figure out and like th- th- this is the sort of thing where and that's partially like what kind of like, towards the end of my prior relationship, like, the relationship was deteriorating. But also, I need a period of time to, like, to figure out and, like, my purpose in my work and other areas. And then mm-hmm. I was, I think I was, like, super intimidated by jumping into something with someone I was so close to because, it like, it wouldn't allow me that, like, that opportunity. And so I think some of it was coming from from that side of things. And then, quite frankly, there was also an element of, like, almost, like, of Guilt, like in the wrong kind of way of like having been in a long term relationship, I felt like there was like almost like a buffer period of time that I needed to like fulfill, where then it's okay to like kind of turn the green light onto like another relationship. Um, and so I think part of that was me kind of like doing that as well, quite Yeah. yeah. So it's, and it's funny too, because I, I think
0: it also takes a certain level of maturity to step away because you know, you guys stepping away for three or four months could have really like splinter the friendship too and obviously margaret you took a vow not to do that you're like i want him in my life mm-hmm. james i think felt the same exact way like i want margaret in my life and you know i don't want to lose her as a friend but in that moment you didn't try to like force anything you didn't try to like make it work in a, in a really like unnatural way you just right. trusted the process and were like you know what you know we've kind of stepped away before so maybe we just need to step away in this moment and really like give it time
1: Yeah. And it was, it was really hard, but I think we both kind of came to it with the same mentality, even though it wasn't discussed of like, he was the one who initiated the conversation of like, I don't think this is the thing right now. And I was sad because I was the one quote unquote being dumped, even though that wasn't really what was going on. But I knew in my court It wasn't the time either. So I feel like trusting my gut, even though it went against what my head and heart were like hoping for, my gut was telling me like, he's right. And I need to just keep him in my life in whatever capacity I can and hope that things line up again. Like we've been through however many years already of things not lining up with little spurts. So like, who's to say it won't happen again. And it did.
0: Yeah, it did. Definitely did. Yeah, James, I remember too being with you at Lakot, and there was, you had like a different type of sadness, which was like someone who, you know, you obviously wanted to make it work and you knew maybe the timing was off and you knew how amazing of a person Margaret was. And I was sad. I was like, damn, I want her to still come over and like use my bathroom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I liked being in Sean's bathroom better. It was cleaner. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, that wasn't because of me. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but no, James, I remember that. And, um, I think what Margaret did for you too is obviously like you know made you become more vulnerable. Like you really had no choice because because she was such a good friend. Like again, if you didn't if you just knew her from a dating app or off from a random bar, you could be like, "This isn't working. See you later." And it's, you kind of like move on in an emotionless way. But because you guys had such a deep friendship, it almost like forced you to like confront more things about yourself, about her, about the relationship. Would you say there's like some accuracy? or some validity um yeah totally i think
2: it actually shortened that period of time in a good way like because in a lot of relationships like everything we were like um everything was fun we again we love spending time together and like it's one of those things where people will like will kick the can down the road and just like kind of go with the flow but like i think both of us knew like if we were not going to move forward it would have put things at risk and it was like yeah short it's short enough like window of time that it felt like we hadn't reached the point of no return yet and so that almost like it was like okay well since we haven't reached the point of no return yet, let's put this on pause for the period of time. Kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's another good point. This shows the importance of treating people with respect and some kind mm-hmm. of courtesy and dignity and like quote unquote, not burning a bridge because obviously, you know, there's something still about Margaret that was really attractive for you.
1: Yeah, I think if it had gone too much further down that first path, it would have reached a point of no return where. Right it would have had to be an uglier right. end or cause, whatever you want to call it. Um, but since it was still fresh enough that like we hadn't quite gotten our footing with each other in the romantic sense yet, it was easier to just, okay, let's fall back to what we were and take it from there.
0: Yeah. It's also funny. I'm just thinking about it too. It's like, you know, it, it just goes to show you that your relationship was kind of like this. I mean, obviously ended up in a high place, but there was, ups and downs right more ups and downs but still times where you know it's it wasn't perfect right and it was like acquaintances friends something romantic friends again something romantic friend you know like yeah yeah people listening and so forth and it's for me and you know whatever and for you guys it it just obviously shows that you know sometimes it's not just up and to the right all the time you know they're no absolutely
2: not absolutely and and like it in a strange way, like it brought us closer together in a certain sense. Like there was one fateful on the tail end of this, when I was trying to like get Margaret to, but when, when I basically came back to Margaret and I was like, I need to be with you. And she, and she stiff-armed me. We were, we were at Georgetown for our reunion and it was like this horrible whirlwind of a weekend. And we took a train home on Sunday. We booked a train, me, her, and our boy Millie. There are
1: people in the world who we don't know who witness this, and it mortifies me to this day.
2: <laughs> and she basically gave me the hard, like, was like, we need to go to lunch on Sunday before we go back to New York City, and was like, this is not going to happen. I was, like, basically, like, chasing her down at the reunion, being like, like, please, like, we need, like, this is the best thing ever. Like, you need, we need to start dating. And she was like, no, absolutely not. And so we get, we get on a train, and it's like the two of us and Millie. <laughs> we sit down in a cafe car.
1: It just got... Run.
2: And we just like, oh, uh, had a zillion drinks, and we were like yeah. watching movies on like a phone, and we were like yelling at each other, and we were like kissing. <laughs> and then, like, it was just this like emotional roller coaster, which, like in retrospect, <laughs> was like this hilarious thing. <laughs> that actually is, like straight out of a rom com. Like these
1: then. four people on a Sunday afternoon, DC to New York, a yeah. cafe car, just watching.
2: The poor strangers. I just remember Millie was like sitting across from us.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> like <all> our friends. <laughs> it's like, alarm, just <laughs> like what is? I bet Millie was pretending to not know you. He's like, like what is wrong I'm, with you? I'm with you guys. Like I don't know these people. Like,
1: Another bottle of Kim Crawford.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Millie's turned oh. oh god, that. Was... I didn't realize. I didn't know that actually. That's that's actually a really funny detail, which is kind of like you guys are stuck with each other. Yes. And it's like. It's messy, but it you was know.
1: Messy.
0: It was
2: messy and
1: then <laughs> wait the worst part. Oh my god.
2: I, and then she It was
1: the early days of Venmo and something came up, like a joke comment about oh, wanting no. a refund on like the relationship on the, on the... and I on the dates. And I Venmoed him a thousand dollars. I was like, you want no a refund? Way. Here you go. And then we realized pretty quickly Which there I is-
2: obviously was not going to, it was like yes. a joke thing. And yes. then, so I went to Venmo her back the thousand dollars and it, Venmo blocked. And it was just like, you can only, you can only Venmo like $75 at a time. It was like some <laughs> at that point.
1: Yes. You couldn't, it was a cap on your transaction. It was like
2: extremely low. And so after basically getting like dumped by Margaret, like not dumped, like rejected by Margaret on the way back, um, I had to Venmo her every like week, the hundred seventy-five or a hundred dollars. So it was like.
0: So
2: it was a cusser <laughs> reminder for like, like 10 weeks. Here's, I'm trying to get you back to even. It's kind of like just talking, but like I just dumped. dumps like pay them hundred dollars every week for 10 minutes.
0: Yeah. That's actually, that was actually ideal for you.
2: Right? Be, yeah, you yeah, value of money. I actually put it in
0: Bitcoin and then I profited. <laughs> <laughs> and James probably paid you back like every Friday, Saturday night while you're out, just so get like, a notification like, Oh, James. Oh, there he is. The guy I'm trying to avoid. Um, but also and Mar, just to clarify too, I think it sounds like, you know, you're saying no to James when he came crawling back and he was groveling. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wasn't It doesn't sound like an act of pride for you. It wasn't like, no, I really want you, but my pride, like... It was fear. My ego won't let me. It was basically just like, we need to establish boundaries. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. if this is going to have any legs in the future, we need to have, like, really s- serious boundaries. And, like, it's not okay to do what we did before. Either it's all or nothing.
1: I was so worried that the same thing would happen again because I felt that same excitement the first time after the wedding of, like, This is so amazing, and here it is. And here's one of my best friends for so many years. And this is finally happening. And then I was Mm -hmm. heartbroken for a while. And then he came back. And that I felt that same excitement building up because it is, of course, what I in my gut knew I wanted, but that fear took over of like, what if this happens again? And we were just with all our mutual Mm -hmm. friends for the whole weekend. And people were making little side comments throughout the weekend, positively or negatively. Like it just felt like I can't go through being not rejected, but I can't go through it again after. Like, I didn't want to look like I came crawling back, but yeah, yeah, it wasn't like a pride thing. It was more, I was so scared that it would happen again that I wouldn't let myself Mm -hmm. indulge in, like, yes, this is what I want to. It took time. And to your point earlier, like, his almost forced vulnerability is what eventually won me back over of like, he means it and he's serious and like, I can trust that he's in this yeah. too
0: yeah for sure um i, I definitely definitely witness that so all right so you guys are so jane when'd you guys move so you moved down in 2019 right yep. yeah so james you knew that you wanted to switch things up leave gs you got fired <laughs>
1: <laughs> but air quotes for those
2: listeners yeah yeah air quotes They'll
1: <laughs> no, just like an emphasis on fire
2: yeah 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 I
0: did. James James did the perp walk through the Goldman trading floor (laughs) Um, and yeah, you wanted to make a change, which is awesome. I'm sure we could go into a whole episode of that, James, because I know like finance has been in your family and like it was a big move and you wanted to go to business school and had Austin on your mind. Once you got in to UT, which we all knew you would, And you decided to move. So what was that conversation like for you two? Because it wasn't just like you two moving in together. It's like, Margaret, can you uproot your life and come to a new city? So can you just talk about like kind of the conversations leading up to that decision and you know what that was like? Well,
1: for me, and you can give your perspective after this, but for me, it was luckily the process of applying to school is such a long process that he, from the get go, I knew that he had taken the GMAT and I knew that that was on his mind years prior, he just hadn't really pulled the trigger on applying. So it wasn't out of left field when he said, I think I'm going to apply this year. And I think Austin is where I, like I've thought about where I would move and all the other schools on his radar were in cities that would feel too much like our current situation. And we did want something different and we did want to branch out, grow something new. Um, so going to like Boston or Chicago where we already had a network and just falling back into whatever patterns we had in New York, but with a couple yeah. of people didn't seem like a growth at all. Right. Um, So Austin was definitely his target. I had never been. So during his application phase, we came down for a weekend so I could kind of get the lay of the land. Um, but in all, it was probably a seven or eight month process from, I'm applying to going through the applications, the different interview rounds. And then the day, it was actually his 30th birthday when he got in.
2: Yeah,
1: um, I came and met him for lunch downtown and we walked through Brookfield Place and just kind of like walked and talked. And even though we didn't officially say like, yes, this is happening, we just had that moment of like, he got in and it was just, yeah, we unspoken kind of, this is the right move.
0: That yeah, this is it, and uh, yeah, James, what were, what were you gonna say? Yeah, I was gonna say like as far as
2: our relationship goes, and I think like on a on a personal level, I decided it was a good idea. But at the same time, I just in general, I think Margaret was going through a time with work where mm-hmm. it was not a situation that I felt good about. That I, feel I like she was, it. yeah, she just didn't like it, and it was a toxic environment, and she was surrounded by not great people.
1: And it was something that, sorry to interrupt, but it was something that when you're in New York and I had just gotten an apartment by myself because someone didn't want to leave Parker. You
2: understand <laughs> for why. For sure. so I her. We it was important that yes, we finished no, what we started at Lacan. Yeah, exactly. I'm also very happy that I made the decision. Un,
0: unfinished business, for sure.
1: But yeah. Kelly and I were growing up faster than some
0: people
1: <laughs> <Shocker>. <laughs> So <laughs> Kelly and I decided we, after four years, we're done living together and went to get my own place. And so it was a combination of having a job that paid well enough to support the apartment I had just moved into, but also being miserable in it. And I needed something. Like if James hadn't been the one to bring this to the table and say, let's do something different, I would probably still be in a really unhealthy and negative situation for myself, just out of necessity. And I'm so thankful that he was bold enough and willing to be the one to take that leap and say like, let's try something new because I wouldn't have had the courage to on my own, but sorry, yeah. I
2: interrupted yeah. you. Yeah, no, I, I think I saw like a lot of the things that I, I spent a lot of time thinking about, like on an individual level that it was the right change. And it also is everything that I could tell about Margaret's situation. I was like, this is exactly what she needs as well in terms of like each of us needed to switch employers and potentially switch industries that after eight years in new york city like despite like all the amazing friends that we had and everything else like there's certain points where it's like good to like change your routines and like habits to like to kind of slow down and like be a little more intentional on certain things and so i it was like very obvious to me that it wasn't just a good thing for me, it was also a good thing for you, both on individual levels. And then yeah. I spent some time talking to my manager at the time and he went to business school. And one of the biggest things he talked about was how he and his wife, like their whole relationship, was basically like the foundation was set during those two years, like having the time to kind of spend more time together and like really, really um engage and invest in the relationship. And so I a big part of it for me was like I am ready to take the next step with Margaret and by spending two years in a different city together with two of us on this unique adventure, it like what better way to like launch uh, like the next phase in terms mm-hmm. of getting engaged and getting married. And so that was like, mm-hmm. as soon as we made the call and I asked her basically like, can you, will you come to Austin with me? Um, that was always kind of the, the plan.
0: Yeah. So you two are both at, Again, talking about timing, you're both in a time of your lives where you're looking for a big major professional change, maybe a change of environment. Mm -hmm. And it was obviously like the perfect situation for you guys to start something fresh. Marge I like you said that you know, you didn't want to go to Boston, Chicago, which basically are like mini New Yorks, right?
1: Right, exactly. We needed something different. And I mean, it was still hard and it was scary to make the move and I sobbed when we Left New York the day after, like, moving day was so tough. And the night before, even, though, I mean, you saw, Parker, I was sobbing. Yeah. We both
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it
1: was a really hard move, but I'm so glad we did it because it just kind of solidified the relationships that matter back in New York. And I think that's what I kept reminding myself, like, New York breeds social interactions at all times. Yeah. And so that doesn't mean any. them or most of them are deeper, meaningful ones. They're just there always. So it helped kind of weed out the bullshit and leave the ones that meant something. And it's grown them in time because I mean, here we are talking to you in such a like wonderful way that you're someone obviously who's become an even closer friend despite the distance. And I think there's a large group of people who fit into that category too. And it's made me closer to them even though I may not see them as often it's been a good move even from a personal perspective aside from our relationship it was just hard to see that at first and it was scary to take that step into the unknown I mean then throw in a pandemic but
0: (laughs) yeah right right exactly that's uh
2: another thing you guys didn't plan for probably moving down there
1: being trapped in an apartment
2: yeah I will say though like the whole I think my view also is like kind of impacted by in high school, I moved to London for one year when I was a freshman. And like, these sort of things can be really good to, to get yourself into a new environment. And just like as a short term exercise, like it, it can be just great to experience a whole different place, expose yourself to different people that think about life in a totally different way. Um But like, for coming back from London, you're always it, it's, you're, you're able to come back home. And like, I feel so strongly about my relationships in New York between people like me and Parker and Sean and my family and everyone else that we have in a no long way. So like, I, we'll, we'll be back <laughs> eventually. <laughs> yeah, But, but it's, it's good to kind of force yourself out of your comfort zone. a while well, for a little bit of time. It is. It is.
0: Yeah. And it's more James. It's way more. I remember when you were talking to me about business school, like Texas is one of those places where you're getting an education beyond just the school itself. I mean, it's living in Texas after living in New York your whole life is
2: totally different environment. Yeah. I mean, it's, somebody, it's like don't even get it started. Like oh. choosing McCombs is like one of the smartest things I ever did yeah. versus like going somewhere in the Northeast and like ending up in the same environment. And like I, I think I probably could have gone to somewhere that like on paper people would say is like somewhere you're supposed to go to business school. But I ended up in an environment where I was in this amazing place. I went to school with a ton of Veterans and like international students, people from Mexico, people from a totally different like line of thinking than like being in like little Northeast bubble. Um, it's, yeah. I think the educational experience I got out of it was 10x what I would have gotten somewhere else,
0: but yeah, for sure. And it's, you know, going to Wharton or Harvard, I mean, obviously great academic schools and definitely no, um, no slights to people that go there, but it's almost
2: like New York transplants that just either <laughs> go south or go north. I mean, education's like it—you get out what you put in, and like right. right. It's—I mean, I was always—I I grew up like Good Will Hunting, my favorite movie of all time. But if you—if what you want is a good education, like we all have available to us, like just go to the go to the public library too. And so it—it's yeah. like it's about what you you put, willing to invest in the process and everything else, and and being a little later and a couple probably like two, three years later than a lot of my peers who were went to business school. Um, I think I had like the. I I wanted to be a student more than other people. And it was just an amazing experience in those two years. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then back to our relationship, it was just like an amazing time for the two of us to be in a different environment and to be on like a crazy adventure together and experience new things, meet new people. And then the pandemic was kind of the same for everyone. But going through that is, um, it just brings people closer in general, I think.
1: And I think this whole thing, sorry, I interrupted yeah, no. you, but I think this whole move and growing the pandemic and James having school and me trying to find a new job and new friends and all of that put us like, you think, you know, someone so well after what was it? 12 years at that point of friendship, but there was still so much that we didn't know about each other that being put in this new scenario and environment gave us an opportunity to learn and like. Also help each other through things in a way that we couldn't before. Not that we weren't helping each other out with things prior, but being in such a fully new environment for both of us and new scenarios across the board just gave us the opportunity to sorry gave us the opportunity to learn more about each other than we would have if we had just stayed in our same group, same pod,
0: yeah, same job, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, you guys are all you got, right, in Austin, whereas. In New York, there's a million different lifelines you could reach out to, and right. you kind of just learn how to do it on your own. Also, it's it's kind of funny to think about. You know, I'm sure being in Austin during the pandemic helped with you guys, because if you guys had lived together in New York during the pandemic, obviously you know things would have been so would have been on the road to engagement. But I think like being in Austin, having just your own space you know, really probably forced you guys to learn a lot about each other. Yeah. Just on that note, like, what did you learn about each other, either by yourself individually or about the relationship, would you say in the past 18 months?
1: I think in addition to the pandemic, we also went through, I mean, we went through my extended job search here and we went through a pretty brutal storm this winter for a week where things were bleak. Um, And I think across the board, I've learned how much more of a caretaker James is at his core than I got to experience before. Obviously he used to always cook for us and he wanted to host people, but it was a pandemic hits and he's helping me put together makeshift bandanas so he can go to the grocery store. And in the storm, he's driving us through terrible weather or chipping away at ice on our tires so he can go get us food. And
0: what a guy. Yeah. He just does it all.
1: (laughs) And it's something that I think also comes in maturity and growth, but I never got the opportunity to see it as blatantly as I did over the last two years.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think right back at Marge in terms of like, she she really is the one who actually is like taking care of the ground around the house. She's the the head of domestic affairs. It's it's, like, I think in general, like, the pandemic forced us all to slow down and like kind of strip away all of like the superficiality and social stuff and everything else. And it kind of just reinforced the fact that like, we just love spending time together and honestly we could be doing nothing and it's still time well spent. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think it just, we are in general, like where everyone is like seasons of life and stuff like that. Like now that we're on the other end of it, and things are picking up and there's more travel and like, we're going to be more social in general and things like that. But like it kind of let me like reinforce how much like that quiet time together. And as we go forward and like, we think about starting a family and everything else, like I'm just excited for like a different quieter version of what life's like for the last 10 <laughs> yeah. years. So yeah, I'm just like, I don't know. It brought forward being excited about this next season of life. Oh
0: yeah. 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 I always thought that, you know, the pandemic was a good way to expedite a relationship, either for better or for worse, like some couples are just like, wow, I didn't know, I didn't know this part about you and I'm out. Some exactly. couples are like, as you guys it happened with you guys, it just brought you a lot closer. <laughs> and it's funny, it's probably one of those things that a theme seems to be that things in reality are always better than what they seem to be on paper. Whereas like, it might've been scary to get into a relationship with somebody you're friends with on paper, but then once you do it, you realize how great it is. It might be scary to uproot your life and move to Austin on paper, but once you do it, two years flies by. And your pandemic together as a couple, you know, things you think would cause more stress actually right. brought more cohesion.
1: Right, exactly. And I think throughout that, it's been a balance of trusting your gut, whether you realize you are or not. Like I think something in your mind, even though it may not be the loudest voice in there telling you what's right and whether that's taking a break from a relationship or diving back in or halting the dive back in or yeah. making a move or... Whatever it is, I think there's a, not even necessarily voice, but there's a feeling that you may not acknowledge in the moment, but it's there for me, at least it's been in retrospect. I've noticed that it was always a guiding force that might not have been acknowledged by me at the time, but I was aware of in some capacity.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And then, so this year comes around, March comes around, (laughs) the month I can live in, in infamy. So... James, you know, you can kind of tell us how you're feeling about proposing to Margaret. I know that you had made some moves in December, some very sneaky moves. Do you want to tell us like just how like mentally and emotionally you went through the process of wanting to propose and setting the date and surprising Margaret and all that, all that good stuff?
2: Um, yeah, absolutely. So I knew that I wanted to get engaged to Margaret. And so that's something that had been clear to me for a period of time. And like the it just felt like the right time heading into the holidays. We were going to spend some time with family. We had just been quarantining the whole year together. A couple of things were important to me. I wanted to make sure I surprised Margaret. We were together for, I, our friendship has lasted for the last 15 plus years, uh, or I guess 14 years. Like we've been now like dating for like, whatever, four or five years. And, five or six. <laughs> yeah. Five <fun>. or 12. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> once. Um, no, but I, like a lot of the time, like, it can be something where people are very transparent and there's nothing wrong with that. But like, for me, given everything and how deep our roots were, like I thought it would be the most special to her if she was caught off guard by it. And so we were quarantined the whole time. So we didn't get to spend any time with family. And over the holidays we were going to fly up to Philly and spend like two days effectively with her family before I was going to Florida, spend some time with my family. And so that's the perfect time. It's probably the only time that I'm going to see, Margaret's dad, Todd, for the next like, who knows? Yeah, right. With COVID. Like it could have been like another six months. And so we went out and got breakfast one day and I was like, this is my opportunity, Marge, not around. And so I asked for his permission, which I'm really glad that I did that in person. It was a really special one between the two of us. He gave us blessing. I told him it was going to be a couple months, but that I wanted to do it because I was with him. And then while I was with my family, I was kind of able to preview and like talk to them about it. Super exciting around the holidays. Margaret was gone right after the holidays on a trip to see a couple of friends for one week in Florida, visiting two different friends. And so that week was like, I was like, perfect. And like snuck into her, like her jewelry box. and stole a couple old, like an old class ring, which apparently is like one of the better things you can take because really? everybody. <laughs> yeah, <was> <laughs> and so apparently like it's bad idea to just choose any ring because it could like not really fit. But, and it didn't really matter because you can change that later on, but ended up like going, had a friend recommend a jeweler to me and started the process then in January. And then I was trying to figure out how I want to do it, where we wanted to do it. And we wanted to do in New York because we spent, that was where we really like started our relationship. And a lot of our friends are there. A lot of our families, our family was still there and it would be tough to get them to Austin. And so I was debating, like, well, shit, do we like plan a trip to New York and like she'll think that she's doing something else, but she'll know that I'm kind of the one pushing the trip, and maybe she'll pick up on the scent. And then instead, like, as I was pulling this all together, she was like, "I have to go up for actually." Brittany is still having a like bachelorette party, basically a bridal shower for like five girls, and so I was like, kind of discreetly, I was like, "Around, like, oh, like I know, like the pandemic's just kind of turning." like you should totally go. It's important to be supportive and these sort of things. And then I called Brittany like the next day and I was like, hey, here's the deal. Like what's your plan? Operation hijack. Yeah <laughs> Like what are you thinking about doing because like I'm really sorry, but like this is really important to me that I surprise her. so like <laughs> I'm about to hijack the situation. And she <laughs> she was like, well, I'm just gonna have a party on Saturday, which is perfect. So if you want to do something Friday, we can come up with some elaborate plan. And so long story. Brittany tells Margaret there's a dinner Friday night and something Saturday, so she has to fly up on Thursday and get, like, a rapid test. And so Margaret flies Thursday, spends the night with my brother. Oh, right, right, yeah. But basically, Margaret ends up, like, getting sick because she's on a medication for, like, a stomach like bug she picked up during this. But
1: the we're sleep. going into so this.
2: We but so, <laughs> Megan, Margaret doesn't sleep Thursday night Margaret gets zero zero rest.
1: I'm just throwing up conscience. I
2: wake up at like seven a.m. to catch a flight on Friday morning after her to New York to surprise her. And I get like a series of texts being like, Hey, just spent the whole night up like sick. I feel horrible. <laughs> I'm exhausted. I don't know what to do. And I'm like in the like in an Uber to the airport. Like <laughs> yeah. and I'm just like, take a nap today. You're gonna be like Yeah. It'll be fun. Um Te- texting Tucker, being like,
0: get every single Pedialyte. Like <laughs> Oh no.
1: Tucker had putting things back together in the apartment because it was the first their parents were coming home after he'd been living there so I'm super gluing things together oh my <laughs> so, goodness no oh. so, yeah. I shouldn't say that Tugger was wonderful I had <laughs> told him before bed and before I got sick that I would help so I was like insisting
2: right and so I I get there a Friday and we're telling in a lot of these stories, but my mom, <laughs> yeah. I'm like pulling up. I'm staying at the Soho Grand. I got a room for Marge. Her family is staying. Is going to like come in and surprise her and stay there. And my mom takes her for a walk in the afternoon and texts me. And she's like, hey, where are you, where are you staying? Just took Margaret for a walk. We going to get lunch at XYZ Restaurant, which is a block from the Soho Grand. And I'm like in my cab, like pulling up. and I'm just like, geez, like they, they could literally like they're within a city block of where I am. You could have like taken her anywhere. Um, but anyway, I like sneak into the hotel, all's good. End up going and I surprise her at Father Demo Square right outside right. Joe's Pizza. Margaret thinks she's going to dinner at Bar Pity with the girls, and they even had like a full text thread. Brittany killed it with all wow. plan. And so Margaret thinks she's going. I had one of my brothers and Sean both like set up to intercept her. I'm waiting in the park. And that's so during that period of time when I was when we were in the upside down and I was begging for Margaret, basically I met her there like a series of times, like pleading my case for why we should be together. And that was like a meeting place when we were dating and she lived on Carmine street. And so it was wow. kind of, it's a weird park. It's like this city block outside of a pizza pizzeria, <laughs> but it was always significant in a relationship. And so and it was Mary Kate's birthday. Um, no, <laughs> yeah, Mary Kate had to make an appearance somewhere there. Um, and so, yeah, I, I pulled up the surprise. It was amazing. And then I was like, I, I booked dinner for us at Pasquale Jones, which is where we went on our first like official date where I asked for my girlfriend. Um, and then we roll up to PJ. And this is like right at the tail end of the pandemic. So like we haven't seen so much time with family. And we walk in and her parents had come up from Philly and my parents were there as well. And so it was a really special night. It was great. Wow. He knocked it out of the
1: park. I couldn't drink, which was great because I remember it all very vividly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the proposal true. itself, I blacked out. Yeah, I was
0: gonna say, like, James, were you like you must have had
2: so many emotions, like excitement, nerves, just I met Sean <laughs> for a drink before and I had like that was when the nerves settled in only for like a couple minutes before, but other than that, it was it was like shockingly I was just kind of like anxious because she was late for dinner <laughs> and so I was like standing for like half an hour in like the spot.
1: I wasn't like, half an hour late to be clear I was like 10 minutes late but he was.
2: Yeah and so two things happened in the half hour before right like a half hour when she was supposed to get there there was a protest on 6th Avenue so there was like a parade of like 5,000 people protesting like immigration rights <laughs> so I'm just like well this would be a hilarious New York moment if there's a parade yeah imagine it was like a flash mob he all clear yeah. and then I had a like a homeless person came up to me in the middle of the park and I was just like I need good juju and like I like to try to be helpful in these situations but I just call out a $20 bill and I was like sir like go treat yourself to and like a meal and he was like, oh my God, thank you so much. It's amazing. And like, he walks away. And I was just thinking to myself, and this maybe is like the wrong thought, but I've given in the past when you like do tip like that well to sit there, like give 20 to someone that they walk around and like they tell like other people they're like, the guys, I was so like now, like Margaret's coming any, like literally any second. And like, I think like five of his friends are all going to come. <laughs> yeah. If they can get, uh... there's more where that came from. <laughs> Uh, but it ended up being like the perfect moment. There were a couple people having pizza. They gay. cheered. They all, they all cheered. Yeah, and you have that awesome picture. Who, t- Sean or Tucker? Sean Tucker? took that
1: one. Tuckers are unusable, not because I'm Tucker, <laughs> but because I was dressed for a bachelorette party, and when yeah. I bent down to kiss James as he was kneeling, or when we were sitting on the bench, it looks like I just have a massive thong coming up <laughs> out of my jeans. <laughs> <laughs> it's really unfortunate. <laughs> I was wearing a bodysuit. I was like, I'm gonna get dressed up. I never wear bodysuits; they're always too small for my torso. But I had one it with jeans and everything. I'm sitting down or bending over, and it just looked like <laughs> <good and laughs> fitting.
0: Tucker should was
1: stationed behind us, unfortunately, so she <laughs> <laughs> pictures and the <laughs>
0: So Tucker tried to redeem himself the following night and just
1: To be fair, it was it was on me and Colleen who let me leave her apartment dressed that way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm sure you obviously would look stunning at Pasquale. So it was actually perfect. Perfect attire for for the evening. (laughs) Wow, now so you guys are in the middle of planning the wedding and less than a year away. Next spring.
1: it is
0: wild. Yeah, I guess we can kind of end with how has like wedding planning been? Has that been another kind of discovery process for you two about each other?
1: It has, but I think we have the tools for the situation more than we would have prior. Like, I think the last years of living together and the last many years of dating have given us the opportunity to know not only like what each person likes and prefers but also how they operate and how they handle situations so my biggest I wouldn't necessarily say advice but my biggest thing that I'm trying to keep in mind through this process and just in general in our relationship is productive honesty and I think like even earlier today there was a moment where we -hmm. talked about something related to the wedding and I felt myself getting a little Worked up, and I didn't want to snap or be judgy, and I just like I'm getting a little overwhelmed, and here's why. And I think that's something I never would have done before. And knowing, like he knows that this happens with me, so when I'm pre- proactive, I may not show it all the time, and we picked up on each other's cues a lot better. And so he can see when I'm struggling or having an introspective moment, and calls that out too, like acknowledging each other's quiet moments um is something that i think helps tremendously because we have a good read on each other but that doesn't mean it's a perfect read so instead of what used to be my go to of i'm going to stew in this and i'm going to i want to have that moment of like well you did this or you that that doesn't do anyone any good so yep. actively saying like i'm experiencing this feeling and i want you to acknowledge it has been the biggest positive that's for awesome
0: me yeah communication yeah learning how to communicate well and
1: I know it's so obvious but
0: (laughs) yeah right no yeah right (laughs) but really it's like
1: communication to your core not just like tell each other about your plan but
0: yeah but also like the quality and the weight and the the delivery of that feeling
2: it's like there's
1: got to be an empathy to it as well because I can't expect him to know what's gonna set me off and vice versa um because there's so many moving factors especially with wedding planning but (laughs) across the board it applies to anything in relationships I think and in life I think it's something in friendships that I should do a better job at because I tend to internalize and shove things down if I'm upset by them or unhappy with them instead of letting that person know when there is a way to effectively communicate that and I think we've gotten to a much better point than we were in previous years of openly kind of having those conversations we're not perfect at it but we try
0: but yeah I mean a wedding is such a big thing that like you have no choice almost but to learn how to communicate oh 100 percent you know it's a huge deal yeah
1: and it's fun to learn what things we think would be important to the other versus what in actuality becomes and I don't think either of us knew what would be important neither of us have had this like vision for venue for the dress for the anything so it's been a fun learning experience but also
0: yeah did James tell you he's gonna wear a bolo on his wedding day
1: Oh no, this is news to me, but
0: Oh yeah, talk about communication. He actually, <laughs> actually asked me to pick one out for him. <laughs> I got a bright neon <laughs> like a
1: silver with a turquoise stud in the
2: middle. <laughs> we should wear those uh those Golden State jerseys. Oh yeah, yeah, we should.
0: <laughs> but yeah, James, any um it's for you like anything regarding like the wedding planning, anything that's been like in new in terms of discovery with you guys? Um, not the no
2: wedding planning. We haven't really done much so far. <laughs> we haven't
1: really done
2: much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. I know what that's code for. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's, we haven't, this has been, this has been easy so far, what we've had to get through. So it's going to be, it's going to be all good. And we're going to keep it simple, which is what I like. I got a lot of strength yeah. for, which I was going to hop in on. It's like, I think it's good to keep each other in check of like, this is, it's just an event to like celebrate us and to have fun and mm-hmm. yeah. We're not going to get, get yeah. to the weeds on, any job or any of it. Um, but no, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun and I can't wait. And I think doing one of the biggest choices was where we want to do it. And again, like New York is like absolutely central to our relationship. I chose to get engaged, like to pull the trigger in New York and get down on me knee in father demo square. But I think for now like doing the wedding in Austin and like getting people to come down here and see a place that's kind of like taking things to a slightly like different level for us in the last mm-hmm. two years and three years by the time we get married. Um, it's gonna be a really special couple of days. So can't wait. Yeah. I think it's awesome. You guys are
0: doing it in Austin. I mean it's Thanks an me. Amazing city. Like, I mean, if you guys are living in like, I don't know, Birmingham, Alabama, maybe maybe have it back in New York, but <laughs> you know, Austin <laughs> Austin's an amazing city and yeah, it's your it's your guys' city. You know, it's like yeah, it's a place that your relationship, you know, continue to take off and where it was solidified and yeah i think that was an awesome decision yeah so any final words of advice or i mean you guys have been dropping wisdom bombs i know
1: we were convinced we were going to be shorter than sean and Lindsay, maybe in the You edit. guys
0: yeah i mean you guys
1: nope, but
0: yeah
1: <laughs> i don't
2: record. know you guys have broken the record i think yeah, there's a lot we've got a chop from from earlier in here <laughs> between,
0: no like, it's yeah, all it's uh, all uncut raw baby <laughs> <laughs> This is as real as it gets. Sean's gonna uh, text me after, be like, "I want to get back on an episode." <laughs> I got more to say. Uh, dear. Uh, but yeah, any any kind of like parting, Marge. You want to start this? Like any?
1: No, I think what I just said is in relation to the wedding planning and like what I learned there um, over wedding planning pandemic, all of that. Of kind of productive honesty is my biggest. If I could summarize, like what grown our relationship the most and helped us the most in like rough times that's the biggest thing I can say because I was someone who shoved things down and wanted to put on a front of I'm fine it's fine until I just erupted at some point because there it's mm-hmm. got to go somewhere right. and I think I've learned to recognize in myself when I'm struggling with something or need help or just want to vent versus when I want advice and I think being communicative there and James has picked up on like for me and vice versa. Like when we're each experiencing something that may need a prompting of like, is everything good over there? You seem a little XYZ. Um, I think we've gotten a better balance of how to approach that as opposed to just being siloed in our own issues. Like we bring them to each other and work through them together. Um, again, I know most of the things I'm saying are so cliche and obvious, but truly they, no there's a reason great. they're cliche
0: right no it's it's great reinforcement it's one of those truths that will stand the test of time and that everyone needs to hear over and over and over it's not like you kind of you perfect it one day and then you're terrible at right. the end exactly. so it's like
1: it's, a, it's constant journey
0: yeah so situationship kiss anniversary, and productive honesty there we
1: go mark them right here right now it's legally binding.
0: yeah you're not going to learn that in the five lo- love languages oh. book. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, and Jimbo for you, like any kind of kind of last parting words or kind of advice or counsel or anything that you like learned that you, you know, you want to kind of end on or share.
2: I would just say that in, in terms of like, for something with like the into the spirit of crossroads and like how do relationships happen and how do you like find great people and, and everything else is like just living a really, enthusiastic open engaging life like in, in terms of like developing passions meeting as many people as possible and keeping an open mind to experiences and getting yourself out of your comfort zone and like going out and doing things like you won't ever regret it and you don't know like how the path is going to unfold mm-hmm. in front of you and so i, I joked with parker about shot shots on goal is something we've talked about <laughs> like the, the worst thing you can do is like shut yourself off in general and so like Making sure that, like, always put one foot in front of the other. And I, I listened to a podcast recently, and I wasn't even thinking of this until it literally just came to mind. But I always like, I love the Steve Jobs like mantra of like, you can't connect the dots looking forward, you can only connect them looking backwards. And yeah. I, I recently listened to one by my like absolute favorite person, Danny Meyer, where he then, like, one of his mantras is ABCD, always be collecting dots because you can't connect those dots unless you're collecting them. Um, and so, being a passionate person by like, by finding lots of these different experiences just always like you're going to meet someone you're going to like in one of those like on a trip or at a restaurant or something else you're going to come across someone and if if nothing else like just by developing deeper and deeper relationships and it'll become clear over time like when you find that person and so yeah. i don't know just, just always be putting yourself out there
0: like that i love that i love that wouldn't it be an episode with jimbo without a danny myers <laughs> <laughs> yeah i knew i knew they were gonna come up somehow. Is Danny Myers gonna? Is he gonna um, cater the wedding? You gonna get Shake Shack or? Yeah.
2: Oh man, he, yeah.
1: the wedding's actually at the Austin Shake Shack. The
2: best main speech is actually gonna be Steve Jobs Stanford commencement speech. Is gonna be playing on projection.
1: <laughs> I hate that he just had this thought because you know he's gonna try to find a way to follow through on that.
2: Hundred uh, percent. I know, I know.
0: He's going to make like Tucker and Matt definitely drop like at least 10 quotes. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Excited.
0: We know James is definitely going to be crying then on the wedding day.
1: (laughs) Not from Steve. Yeah,
0: exactly. I wish Steve was here. (laughs) But no, James, that's an awesome, I love that we ended on that because yeah, I mean, it just is like life happens when you walk through doors, when you get out of your comfort zone, when you take risks. When you collect dots, when you choose reality instead of just things looking good on paper, when you actually choose like engage with those things that look good on paper. Um, and I think that's awesome. That's why I, I love you two so much. And one of my favorite couples, I just, I've learned.
1: Your fourth favorite couple.
0: <laughs> <laughs> how to get a couple episodes in the time zone, you know? <laughs> before we, before right, we went right. halfway
2: across the country. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We 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 love love you, Pete. Life is about finding friends like Parker Bellings. Oh, thank you. Thank you.
0: You didn't need to say that, but you guys are awesome friends. And yeah, it was just truly a blessing to live with you, James, and to, you know, be friends over the past however many years it's been, 20 plus years, and Margaret to get to know you. And just so excited for your guys' future and for next year. And this is going to be awesome. And um, I mean, your love story is so great. I might even move to Austin. I mean... (laughs)
1: Out of bed right here behind us. <laughs>
0: I know we are. I know, you guys are in my room actually. My
1: office <laughs> slash
0: Parker's room. Yeah, don't forget. <laughs> um well that's this great. is love. Thanks, B. Of course. So glad you guys are on and we'll have we'll do another episode as well. And yeah, this is
1: live stream from the wedding.
0: Live stream from the wedding, yes. Exactly. Exactly. I'm gonna hand out cards with the podcast all over. <laughs> all right. Well, I love you guys. Um, love you. Thank you so much. And that is a wrap episode number four. Hook 'em baby.